Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 13, Fiber Week 2013. In many ways, I wish Fiber Week was longer than a week. I suppose if it was, it wouldn't be as special, and I certainly wouldn't have as much time to practice or do my homework, but there is something so wonderful, so right, about living and breathing fiber for a week with people of like minds. From the moment I checked in and wandered over to the Merchant Mall, to the last evening where I sat in my townhouse, knitting and attempting to process everything I learned, Fiber Week was just what I needed at this time of year. It's still so fresh that I can't really give you a coherent rundown in this episode's essay. So instead, here are a few random highlights and observations. At the social on Saturday night, it was mentioned that Level 3 seems to be the dropout year for the Master Spinner program. The first day of class, Marg made it our mission, should we choose to accept it, to tell the Level 1s and 2s that Level 3 is fun! awesome, and not hard. Now, having been through the week, I just can't see why people drop out at this level. Sure, there are well over 30 skeins to be spun for the workbook, but there's a good bit less writing than there was in level 2. And neither cotton nor silk is hard, now that I've had some instruction. It just takes practice. Besides, we get to spin cotton and silk how much fun is that? Okay, specifics twists per inch is a little scary when you first read about it. But it's just about knowing your wheel and the technical mechanics of spinning. And, as Mark and Christy said, if you don't get a skein right out at that TPI, just use it in another place in your workbook. I mean, that's a great idea. No wasted work. And once you've filled all the extra spaces, well then it's just practice, and we don't get to be better spinners without practice, do we? Also, 25 colors out of one dye pot? Brilliant. I still like my idea about the hacked Lego logic grid to display the colors, but I suppose the cross-stitch floss organizer that Marg suggested would be a lot easier. But less fun. I have to get Dad and Nathan to start saving the chips and sawdust when they turn things from exotic hardwoods, just to see what happens if I die with it. We used Brazil wood and came out with some amazing colors. I'm also really glad that everyone from my level 2 class came back again this year. It was really great to see everybody, and I hope we'll keep moving through to 2017 together. Hanging out in the Merchant Mall for three days is really good for catching up with friends, meeting people, and having lots of interesting conversations, but it is really, really bad for the budget. Also, the custom bat bar at Flannelberry Creek's booth is fantastic, but evil. I'm already thinking about what kind of bat to blend for next year. Oh, who am I kidding? I came home with four this year next year will probably be the same. I need to make something up for the fashion show next year. 
I ended up with 31 grams of raw ivory cashmere, and I'm thinking of making a Victorian lace collar with it. Also, the show coordinator said that if I finish the Bayou Tapestry, I can absolutely put it in. So, lots of ideas. Bringing both wheels was good. I left the traddy in the townhouse and the joy in the classroom, and then I could spin in both places. I even finished the green braid. It took an endless night of plying. The bobbins of singles did not seem to get any smaller until it was finished. There is enough of it for something decent. Also, there's something very satisfying about spinning more than 10 yards. I'd forgotten. Tour de Fleece started yesterday. Does putting away all my spoils from Fiber Week count? Because I did not spin. Well, now the countdown is on for Fiber Week 2014. I have a plan to spend Tour de Fleece getting my level 2 book finished, and then get on to level 3 immediately after. My legs survived, not getting any better or worse, so I think if I'm just careful and listen to them, I'll be able to do the work I need to do. The little tufts of unspun fleece that invariably float around the land sciences building at the college have no doubt been swept up, and the birds have probably dealt with any that made it outside. The participants are either home or well on their way, and even I have wrangled my purchases and class supplies into order in the fiber room. It's bittersweet that it's over for another year, but there's a lot of spinning that can be done in the next 51 weeks, and that is also something to look forward to. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Before I get started on the Fiber Week segment, I just want to welcome everyone who's found the podcast through the uh, the interview on the Savvy Girls podcast. Welcome, and uh, and hope you enjoy it. So, Fiber Week. It was amazing. And, wow. Yeah, I warned you last time this wasn't going to be very coherent. And I don't think it will be. But let's try and get started. Level three. I learned to spin cotton. Which was great. It uh, it took me a while. I was spinning it more like, well, I wasn't putting enough twist in it. Uh, but you really, really have to put the twist in. So it was great working with the tackley and uh, and then also on the wheel. So it's going to take some practice, but I have lots and lots of cotton. So life is good. Silk. I've been afraid of silk. I mean, you, you get it in a merino blend and it just makes the whole thing so slippery. So I was really afraid of it. And also it's expensive. So, you know, you don't want to waste it. But learned some techniques, learned about spinning over the fold. Um, well, learned again about spinning over the fold, but specifically with 100% silk. Wow. Oh, if you've never spun with 100% silk, oh, it's like a dream. You, you feel like you're you're doing something luxurious, which really you are. But yeah, it's lovely. And I'm going to be doing a lot more of it, so I'll talk more about it once I actually get into it. The twist branch thing, I'm thinking I need to do those on the traddy. 
instead of the joy. I think I'm getting some slippage on the joy in terms of my ratio. So I'm going to be doing some testing once I'm done my level two homework uh, in terms of, you know, what kind of ratios I'm getting on my joy if my tratty is a little more stable with that because I was invariably over and none of the yarns that I spun in the twist per inch exercises were balanced. And I'm wondering if that's the wheel because I know on the first one, my math was off, but in the second one, it wasn't. So I have to do some testing on that. The dyeing was great. Uh, We were a little short on dye materials. Um, Marg had bought uh, 1.2 kilograms of Brazil wood sawdust from Mewa. And to get good color with with this type of dye material, you need a one-to-one ratio at minimum of uh, of dye stuff to fiber by weight. So we had 1.2 kilograms of dye stuff, but 1.8 kilograms of fiber for the whole class. So we were short. So the colors are a little muted, but they're still really, really nice. Um, I took a baggie of the wet sawdust home because it's still good. So I'll be playing with that while I have to, it has to dry first. And then once I know what the weight is, then I can I can play around with fiber. So it was it was awesome. So the uh, displaying in an attractive manner, I had all these plans for my Lego logic block. And then Mark said, just use a floss organizer. And I'm like, oh, well, that would certainly be easier. But I still may suggest to Mike today that we go either today or tomorrow to the Lego store here in town and see. I just want to see if I can do it easily and cheaply. That's great. The the dye records I have to sit down and make today before I forget things. So I want to I want to do that. And then that's a whole module of level three that's finished. I also spun the skein of singles I needed to on a Navajo spindle, which was fun. I mean, I like spindles overall, but the Navajo spindle is massive and I didn't really get it. But one of our classmates has a really nice Navajo spindle and she brought it in. And and so we were able to use that, those of us who didn't have one, to spin the skein that we needed to. And it was nice. It was restful and relaxing and and slower. I mean, so on the one end, we were playing with the Navajo spindle. And on the other end, we were playing with the tackly, which goes like a mile a minute. So it was, it was an interesting dichotomy. So yeah, my brain is still full of level three stuff. Um, I'm trying to process it all. But like I said in my essay, I, it doesn't seem hard to me. There's a lot of work. I'm not denying that because there is, but I've already basically got the dye module finished. I have the uh, skein on the Navajo spindle, and I also spun the skein that I needed to spin from commercial Mawada. I completely messed up on my handmade Mawada skein, so I have to make some more Mawada, and and then re-spin that one. But that's okay, you know, that's, that's perfectly fine. So for level two, I didn't, I brought the, the three that I'd carted up with me, but I didn't get a chance to spin them, which I mean, I, I pretty well expected I wouldn't, but, uh, but my legs actually felt okay. The first couple days I was doing one treadle, um, going back and forth on the joy, but, but after Tuesday I was 
I was double treadling the whole time. So I think I just have to be careful. I have to listen to my body. And then I'm going to use Tour de Fleece now, which is now until mid-July, to get my level two homework done and get that off to Gale. So that's my plan for level two. And I only have one other thing left to talk about with level one. And that's the final project. And I guess I can use this to talk about final projects as a whole. Final projects is just a way for you to play with your handspun, uh, handspun yarn, and to and to start getting it into your head that you're planning a project from choosing the fiber to preparation to spinning to knitting. So you're planning all stages of it. What I did for my level one project was I re-knit some fingerless mittens that I'd knit before. Now, for level one, you're only supposed to spend 25 hours at it. And that's from washing to carding to spinning to knitting. And I think the mitts themselves are probably more than level, or more than 25 hours knitting, let alone all the other stuff. But what I... uh, Do I mind? No, I don't mind. Because the project that I came up with actually was really a really good concept from start to finish. We had a a silvery long wool that we got in class. And when I saw it, I'm like, when I saw it spun up, it was metallic. And I thought these mittens were, were steampunk style. And I thought this would be great. I can dye some of it with onion skins and get a copper finish because that was the color we got off of our onion skins in class. And, and then, you know, switch, switch the colors up and then make them like metallic steampunk mittens. So I, you know, I made my onion skin tea and, uh, because there were different onion skins than we'd used in class, it actually came out more brass than copper, which was okay. It still really worked for the whole metallic theme. And then I knit the one mitten with a gray body and, uh, a bronze or a silver body and a bronze um, button flap and the other mitten with a bronze body with a silver button flap and overall I was really pleased with the way they turned out but the idea of the final project is not necessarily to do something large as the end product that's the time you're spending you know with all the steps beforehand and now for our final projects we're required to actually provide a spreadsheet that says how much time we've spent on each thing. Which I think is a fantastic idea because I think a lot of people, including myself, spent far more time on the project that we needed to. So when you're approaching your final project, your end product does not have to be anything big. It can be something very small or even just one mitten. But uh, but it's the planning process and the time that you spend on the processes before the actual creation of the final project that are important. So coming into level three, the final project has to be 50 hours. Level two is 25 again. So my plan for level two is to knit a small color work sweater for my lamb, which will be fun. And level three, I haven't quite decided yet, but I'm contemplating weaving. I know, pretty scary. So just as an end bit to the Fiber Week segment, 
I'm going to add uh, a short interview with I did with my dad before he closed up shop on the Sunday. It was his first fiber week, and I just wanted to get, you know, his feelings about about how the week went for him and and uh, the products that they put out there. Well, what time is it? It is quarter to four. Quarter to four. We are two hours and 15 minutes away from the Danware booth being closed down for this Fiber Week. Your first. First uh, time at Fiber Week, and it has been quite exciting. Oh, good. So, so Dad, uh, from when I came here on Friday, it's gotten a little sparser in terms of stock. I would say that we are probably looking at 60 to 75 percent of what we showed up with has uh, found other homes. That's um, awesome. From from the joy that we've had out of making it and then gone to somewhere else. So that's it's a pleasure, and the amount of uh, good input we've had from a lot of people uh, mm. and ideas about other stuff to make it has been quite the experience to be here. So what kind of ideas are you going to be working on for next year's Fiber Week? I think one of one of the ones that um, we have been asked by several people about is the uh, dish for the support spindles okay. uh, to hold between your legs. Uh, one of the things that I've heard from several people is that they need something that they are not afraid of dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, and but there's some details on it that we have to look at and that to have a metal insert in the middle so that the uh, support spindles don't make holes in the wood. Right. So that mm-hmm. is a design feature we have to look at. Okay, so you'll be working on that. Yeah. And so uh, it's uh, so Sunday now and on Friday you're leaving for a bit of a vacation? Yes, we are. We yeah. are going overseas to do some hiking in the highlands and look at other things what the old uh, going back and we will mm-hmm. get ideas again and then gonna go and see the family in Denmark so very good uh, we haven't been back now for seven years so mm-hmm. it's, it's time well there's always inspiration to be found everywhere I was just corrected it's six years oh six years <laughs> you can talk too mom <laughs> oh it's okay okay well that's good well, I'm glad you're going to be able to go away and have a bit of a break. So we will, we will have a look over there, and like we, we keep on looking for ideas. And, and this group of friends that you have here at at Fiber Week is incredible with the ideas that they're coming with and, and request. Some of them we have, some of them we have to say, uh, no, this doesn't fit into the hobbies that we have because mm-hmm. this is still a hobby. Mm-hmm. And the compliment on 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 the quality that we're making is just being so encouraging, you know, for us to carry on and, and have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you had a really good first Fiber Week. Well, thank you, Vanessa. Fiber Notes. Quite apart from the Fiber Week stuff, I actually did get a little bit of knitting and uh, and other work in during the time I spent at Fiber Week. And, you know, there's there's some downtime, obviously not during class. I was there on the weekend and I didn't do much besides hang out at the Merchant Mall and spend far too much money and interview and talk with a lot of really, really interesting people that I'm 
hoping to bring you interviews with over the next several episodes. But in the evenings, there was downtime, and and so I did actually get some work done. I had the lighthouse shawl with me. I worked a little bit on it. I'm still not quite done the last section before the border, but I'm only one and a half repeats away, which is good. And I talked to Lana because she'd listened to the episode, and she says one extra stitch isn't going to matter, so don't even worry about it, which is good because I keep going back and forth between having two extra stitches and one. I have no idea where that's coming from. But anyway, it's a forgiving pattern and it's not going to matter. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, to getting uh, closer to the end on that one. I also kept working on the socks that I brought. I actually picked up a set of two millimeter cubics from Knitter's Pride and it was really interesting. So I switched over from uh, the bamboo, which tears up on my fingers like nobody's business, over to these cubics. And I knit, you know, for an inch or so. And then I took a look at my sock and went, oh my goodness, you can totally tell when I started using the cubics. And it's not because my gauge has changed. It's because my stitches evened out. Like it looks like it's been washed already. It was really, really interesting. So, so that was fun. I worked on it a bit, um, but not, not too much. In the evenings, what I mostly did was spin on the green braid on the traddy, which I left in my townhouse. And I finished off. It took me until, I think it was Wednesday for me to finish getting the spinning done on, on the green braid. And then I spent one full evening plying. Yeah. One full evening. I swore it was never going to end. I kept looking down at the bobbins on the lazy Kate and, and they just, (laughs) They didn't seem to get any less full, uh, at least until pretty close to the end. So um, when I got home yesterday, I I actually washed them and, uh, and they're downstairs uh, on the drying rack right now. There's a lot there. I don't think it's Merino though. You know, as I was, as I was working on it, as I was plying it, actually, I was thinking to myself, this is quite rough. It's a, it's a lot coarser than Merino. So I'm thinking it's probably not. It might be a Corydale or even Corydale. I'm not sure. Anyway, mystery fiber. It's always fun. Anyway, there's a lot of it. I'll measure it off once it's dry. I have two skeins because I couldn't fit it all on one bobbin. And yeah, I'm pretty pleased with it. It's really satisfying to spin more than 10 yards. So I think I do need to keep a play project around on at least one of the wheels, just, just as a palette cleanser from the level homework. So, so that is what I've accomplished on fiber projects the last couple of weeks. Fiberside chat. Over the course of Fiber Week, I sat down with a lot of really interesting people and got a lot of really interesting interviews with them. And it was a real struggle for me to decide which one to bring you first. I would love to bring them all to you at once, but it would make my episodes really long. But in the end, it really was a a no-brainer as to which one to bring you first. I sat down on the last day of Fiber Week with Otto Paul. 
Otto has been the staff person at Olds College that's been responsible for Fiber Week for the last 12 years. In fact, uh, it was his retirement job. He was doing it part-time, three days a week, uh, as uh, as sort of a continuing education coordinator. But he's been doing that for 12 years, and now he's heading into his second retirement. And we will miss him. He has been a great asset to the program, and he has accomplished so much for Fiber Week over the last 12 years. So I wanted to sit down with him as he was heading into spending a great deal more time with his grandchildren and and continuing to write books and see what it was that he remembered most about Fiber Week. So I'm pleased to bring you a Fiberside chat with Otto Paul. Well, I am sitting here. It's the end of Fiber Week. And I am with uh, Otto Paul, who is leaving Fiber Week after 12 years of being the the man behind Fiber Week here at Olds College. So, uh, congratulations on your second retirement. Thank you. This was your. Uh, I heard at the uh, the what's it called? The social. The event. social. Yes, that mm-hmm. that this was actually your retirement job. <laughs> it was three days a week uh, for yep. the last 12 years. Of yep. course, I never do three days a week during the event. No, no, of course not. Yeah. But no, that's awesome. So, so you're headed into retirement, which is great. I wanted to um, find out from you some of the things that you're most proud of having accomplished in the last 12 years mm-hmm. when it comes to Fiber Week. When this project was given to me, the first person I met was Brigitte Rasmussen, who is mm-hmm. now an instructor in the program, and she said to me, if someone at Olds College would pay attention to this event, there is no telling what would happen. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know any better and thought, well, I could be that person. <laughs> that year, a 30, about 30 students were around a couple of spinning classes and mm-hmm. one other kind of class. Okay. Um, and this year we had around 200 students and another 25 instructors and probably 30 volunteers who oh, wow. were all from the industry, the fiber arts industry. Mm-hmm. So... If I have to say what am I most proud of, it's it's uh, not just the growth of that, but the connections in the industry that made that possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, my volunteer system is the envy of every other project on the campus. Oh, really? They wonder how did that happen. But it's because of the passion that these people have for the craft and for mastering various aspects of it. Mm-hmm. So... I think I'm most proud of the positive relationship we've been able to build together mm-hmm. with the people in the industry and, and gives me a lot of personal satisfaction and it makes, you know, I've put in a lot of work. I don't deny that I, mm-hmm. I worked hard on this, but it makes all that work worthwhile to see the satisfaction that people are getting from being able to pursue their interests and becoming masters of the craft. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I, I know I've been coming here now for three years, and and I can't imagine now not spending the last week of June or the first week of July, whenever it's mm-hmm. going to be here mm-hmm. um, in Olds, just taking part in this because it's it ha- you're right it has become there's this huge event like this and mm-hmm. everybody you 
I mean, some people say, if you don't even sign up for a class, come and sit in the atrium here and look yes. lost. Someone will help you. <laughs> and that's right. And people do come just to be part of the event, even if they're not taking a class. Mm -hmm. They'll come to the socials or they'll, you know, network with people in the atrium. It's, mm -hmm. it's I don't know, it's just been a real pleasure to see that happening. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do make this their annual holiday or annual retreat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that's the other thing. They've started coming from all over North America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got two, uh, two ladies in our class who are from the States. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes. So it's great. And then, of course, the outreach programs yes. in the States as well mm -hmm. and across Canada. And that's a real growth mm -hmm. uh, aspect of this. And it started because someone said to me, if you send an instructor down, I could fill a class for you. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I didn't think too much of it. Let's try it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, up until now, we've run just about 50 classes mm -hmm. in the United or off campus here yeah. and mostly in the United States. And there's another seven scheduled in the fall and one in the spring. Wow. So it's again, all of those have been by word of mouth, mm -hmm. but um, there's definitely potential for growth there. That's awesome. Too. So if you had to pick out, say, one or two memories over your 12 years here with Fiber Week, what, what stands out for you? Is there a particular year or...? Well, I, I'll, there are so many that mm -hmm. one could list, of course, but my favorite has to be this year, not just because I'm retiring, but because <laughs> we, we tried to do some special things because mm -hmm. this is the Olds College 100th anniversary. Right. And it's the 25th anniversary of the Master Spinner Credit Program mm -hmm. for the college. So we tried to do several different things that were a little bit special. And I don't know whether it's the energy that people brought to it or the energy that we put into um, doing the special things. Like every one of them just turned out so well. And, and it makes one feel like one is leaving at the top of one's game. You know, yeah. that's, that's pretty special. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can imagine. Well, I know I've had a fantastic time, and uh, and I know we're all going to really miss you. So, I, you still live around here, right? Mm -hmm. And not too far. Not yeah. too far. Maybe come by next year. Well, for I, a night. I may come by to visit. That would be fantastic. And fill out an evaluation form and be of course. very critical. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, if I may, that mm -hmm. uh, people have asked me that question: you know, who's going to replace you? But. Mm -hmm. That if you want an answer to these things, you just look for the right country song, and it'll give you one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but George Jones' uh, song, Who's Going to Fill Their Shoes, comes to mind. Mm -hmm. what, what people think about when they ask me that question is that I'm going to be gone, so who will we be able, like, who's going to mm -hmm. fill that position? But what they don't realize is that it goes the other way, too. Like, they've become my friends, yes. and, you know, we've we've journeyed together for the last 12 years. Many of them have been here every year. Mm -hmm. And the same, I could ask the same question, who's going to fill your shoes because you've been a part of my life? Mm -hmm. So the answer to that question, of course, is that no one can. People can fill a position and do a job, mm -hmm. but everyone is unique, and nobody will ever fill their shoes. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's just the reality of life. A person enjoys the journey that you've made together, and uh, you wish each other well, and it's all good. Well, I know I've certainly enjoyed the three years I've had with you. Well, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure to have you a part of this event. Well, thank you for taking the time. You're welcome. By the Wayside.
of the first things my dad ever made for me as sort of a tool to assist with one of my hobbies was a stand for cross-stitching. It would hold either a, a, a frame or a Q-snap. Anyway, he was cleaning up and he found a couple of these frames because he'd, he'd made about four of them. And uh, he said, I'm going to bring one to Fiber Week. Can you bring a Q-snap so we can put it in it? People can see what it is. So, of course, naturally, I brought the tapestry because that's where I'm using my Q-snap. And also, Nathan was going to be helping Dad out at the at the booth. It ended up that he helped him out both Friday and Saturday. There's been some severe flooding in southern Alberta. Uh, for those who don't know, and the town that um, my sister and brother-in-law live in was actually fully evacuated. Their house is fine, but they didn't have water or power, and I think they just got internet back um, over the, over the, the weekend of Fiber Week. So they camped out at my parents' place, and so Nathan was able to come to Fiber Week for two days instead of one. So I got there and pulled out the the Q the Q snap and the tapestry and and showed it to Nathan, and he really liked it which was, which was awesome. So Saturday was the first full day of the merchant market. And so I sat down in a chair at the booth, pulled the, the frame or the, the stand down with a Q-snap in it. And I filled in the centaur thing. And, uh, and I did a little bit more. I did one of, I started doing, uh, the filling in on one of the little diagonal separator things in the top border, right next to the centaur. But that's all I managed to accomplish. I mean, it was a busy... It was busy. I mean, it was really busy. <laughs> so, so you know, overall, I think I managed... The fact that I managed to accomplish anything was good. But I tell you, working with that stand made things really easy. So I think I'm going to have to dig mine out and find an appropriate chair here in the living room to set it next to. Because it definitely made it easier to do the filling in. So... So yeah, not a ton. I didn't get a ton done, but I did get some done. And uh, and yeah, when I was talking to the fashion show coordinator, I made a joke that if I got the Bayou Tapestry piece finished, could I put that in the fashion show? And she said, absolutely. So, hmm, do I make that my focus? Do you think I can get it done by next Fiber Week? And my level two homework and my level three homework. And knitting something else for the fashion show. And the cashmere. Anyway, it's a good goal. If I don't make it, I don't make it. But I got 52 weeks. Next year, Fiber Week starts over the long weekend. So 52 weeks. It's a possibility. So I'll keep going on uh, on the tapestry the next couple weeks. See how far I get. And that's the By the Wayside update. Thank you for joining me for episode 13. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 14 on July 14th, 2013. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. 
Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside. <laughs>